From Relay FM, this is Virtual, episode number 53. Today's show is brought to you by Igloo, the internet you'll actually like, and Squarespace. Build it beautiful. My name is Mike Hurley, and I am joined, as always, by the beautiful Italian stallion, Mr. Federico Vitici. That's quite the intro, Mike. Thank I know. You. It is Hi. so true, though. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if you say so. Thank you. I take it that as a compliment, Mike. Italian stallion. Is that something that that really resonates in Italy? Um, I don't know. You must I have guess. heard it before, right? Um, no, not in real no? life. I've only heard it on podcasts and usually right, okay. from you. So, uh, or Stephen. <laughs> so thank you. Hi, Mike. How are you? <laughs> How are you doing? <laughs> I'm um, doing well. I've been playing a few video games this week. Good. Uh, finally going back to a normal schedule and human life. Um, so that's good, Michael. We have a few links and games and topics to talk about, so I think we should get started. But before that, you have some follow-up. Yeah, so uh, we were talking about Mario Maker, and I was a little bit upset about the 10-day thing, and Matthew wrote in to say, I had no idea about this. They realized... Uh, sorry, they released an update to Mario Maker on day one that speeds up the on- unlock of blocks and it could happen over a few hours. I didn't know this. It wasn't made apparent to me. So I need to kind of war, like maybe play a little bit more. I've been meaning to play more Mario Maker and I just have had a crazy week, Federico. And I yeah. haven't had the time to play it. I may play a little bit later on today because I want to build a more like lengthy big course. But So maybe I just need to play through the game a little bit more and I'll unlock some more of the blocks. Yeah. Can I just have a quick aside, because I think this piece of follow-up kind of highlights one of my issues with uh, software updates on video game consoles. Can we just talk about how easier it is to see what's new in a game or an app on, on iOS or Android with software change logs than it is on a console to yep. see what's new in a video game? It's 100%. A- like, there are release notes, right, with the, with, on yeah. like PlayStation or whatever, or on Nintendo, but they're not surfaced as easily. Yep. And usually each game does its own things for updates, like there's a different interface or a different flow to update to the latest version. And it's just another example of just how easier it is to kind of get started with video games on on smartphones and tablets than it is to use a a traditional console, even from a user-friendly company as a Nintendo. They're not really user-friendly, as we've seen many times with our online stuff. And this is, this is another case of, you know, uh, you need to figure out what's new in a, in, a, in a patch or a software update. Well, good luck. You need to either follow Nintendo on Twitter or <laughs> figure out how to, to get to the software description page during the software update. It's a, it's a terrible process, usually. And I'm not surprised that we, that we missed uh, this new feature because I didn't know either. So Same. there you go. Yep. Speaking of Mario Maker, Mike, yes. um, there's, a, there's a, an article from Tiny Cartridge and Francesco D'Agostino's fellow Italian, by the way. Beautiful. Uh, he lives Beautiful in the name. US. Yeah, he lives in Say the US. Say it again. Now. How does it go? Francesco D'Agostino. 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 Beautiful. Beautiful. Um, he, he, he did this amazing uh, thing. He curated the best Mario Maker stages for in a list so you can read the descriptions you can find the uh, download codes to get the the stages on your on your Wii U and there's some it, it did fantastic work in picking different levels for different skills and I recommend checking out the list and especially the first video uh, uh, it's a it's a cus- it's a Mario maker stage called will you save your son I think and uh, 
and it's uh, it, it's crazy. Basically, it's like there's a video from the stage creator, and it's a whole Mario Maker stage with with a story. So it's not super long, but listen to the voiceover, watch the video, and it's a great example of how people's creativity combined with storytelling and Mario Maker can breed this new medium in a way, you know? And it's very, very useful uh, blog post on Tiny Cartridge. So if you want Mario Maker, check this out. I have two more links for you, Mike, this week before we switch to topics. Oh, I've just been distracted by something on uh, Tiny Cartridge. What did you see? Uh, Business Pikachu. Business Pikachu? Yeah. Oh, man. Seattle guy? Yeah. Yeah, I want one of those. Business Business Pikachu? Pikachu. (laughs) This is amazing. Six months ago. Look how good he is. Look at this guy. He's so so happy. He's totally gone. Not available anymore, but... Now I want a business Pikachu. Anyway, so Pokemon, Mike. Have you you seem to. I'm. I'm now. I'm totally distracted now. Have you seen this thing with the Pokemon butts? Have the you Pokemon? seen this? The Pokemon what? Like the butts. Where? Okay, so there's this whole thing. <laughs> it's like this latest uh, Pokemon trend in the Japanese Pokemon Center. So like the store. Um, where you can buy like cushions and underwear and keychains that are just the butts of Pokemon. Pokemon butts. Pokemon butts. Go on sale. At- oh my god. Do you see? <laughs> How weird is that, right? But they're so cute, though, in a way. Look at the underwear. <laughs> I know. I kind of want Pikachu underwear now, but I'm not I, gonna buy it. I kind of do as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking at the pictures on Polygon. Oh, uh, Kickstarter to buy Federico Pikachu underwear. Oh, no, please, please don't. It's uh, very nice. I'm not sure my girlfriend will approve. Uh, in more serious Pokemon links, Michael. Yes. Sorry. Someone uh, has, a, has set out to recreate Minecraft. Uh, I'm sorry, to recreate Pokemon Red, the original Pokemon Red, in Minecraft, with a playable giant Game Boy Color. How have they done this? So, Kotaku has some of the details behind this crazy effort. It involves uh, programmable blocks, I think they're called, and moving textures. And clearly this person has too much free time, but it's 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 another, again, it's another example this is totally interactive. You can move the character, you can walk, you can open menus, you can choose Pokemon. I want to double check uh, something with, here with you. So the, mm-hmm. the game that's playing inside of the Game Boy, is that Minecraft? That's my understanding. Holy moly. How that's have my... they done this? So let me let me find the details here. <gasps> this is um, incredible. Here you go. For example, the first layer under the map represents whether the block can be walked on or not. Green wool, yes. Red wool, no. Separate levels with this type of binary information can be created for doorways, surfable tiles, signs, etc. This cuts down on the command blocks needed, as lag is very is a very serious concern for the map. Is uh, the name of the of the person is uh, Magibwan. Magi Magibwan. I thought that they'd somehow got an emulator into Minecraft. That's, I, that was my assumption, too. I cannot believe that they are 
building something that looks like this inside of Minecraft. This is just incredible. Like, someone needs to hire this person. This is meant to be a true part of the game, not an adaptation, and is being designed to run on a 10 per 9 block representation of a Game Boy Color screen. Yeah. This person needs to be hired immediately by a video game <laughs> company. By, by Microsoft. <laughs> a- anyone. Like, somebody needs to hire. That is just... Yeah. That is astounding. That is astounding. Um, finally, Mike, I'm going to leave you and our listeners. They can find the show notes, by the way, where, Michael? At relay.fm slash virtual slash 53. Thank you. I'm going to leave you with with video. Oh, this is <laughs> great. Made me laugh so much last night. I was crying in bed. And it, a guy plays uh, all the GTA... Well, not, all, not every one of them, but a lot of GTA clones from the App Store. So... He went to the App Store, he searched for GTA on his iPad, and he downloaded a bunch of those GTA-like games that you can find thanks to the amazing uh, App Store search on your device. Watch, I, I won't spoil it. Go watch the video. Yeah, Stick to it. the end. You will, if, you don't, if you don't laugh, I, I, there's some, you, need to, you need to get yourself checked out. Because I this don't is understand how these games are made. I... Who know. is making them? Because they can't be easy to make, right? Well, you know, there's a lot of people with access to the iOS developer program. And, you know, the world is a big place. And MacBooks are popular with, you know, Xcode. Mm-hmm. It's easier to be a developer now than it was in the past. But like, how and do you make a game where maybe, you can you know, drive a car around? Like, I know that this is horrific all of these games are horrifically flawed yeah but you know you get what i'm saying right it can't be easy to do it's not easy but it's not impossible either and it's easier today so i would i would imagine that you know some kid is 16 or 15 from god knows where on planet earth with access to a macbook and to xcode and with the to free, what, like Unity or something? With the free Unity, yeah. With the free Unity, they you know they put together some graphics and a basic environment. They slap a GTA name and icon on it, and they send it to the App Store. It's not too crazy, you know. Mm-hmm. This is this is an amazing collection, an amazing video, and I was literally crying. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, it kind of highlights the many many problems of the App Store when Apple says. The curated app store. Well, it's not really curated. It's actually full of a bunch of crap. Yes. Is what it is. Yes. It, the front page may be curated. Uh, and maybe what you see in the feature sections, those are curated by human beings. And of course, the new app store games account, that tends to pick, you know, decent games. But what you can find with search uh, is the opposite of curated. It's, it's, a, it's a mess. It's a... It's a sea of unreg- unregulated, you know, quote-unquote games. And the GTA clones. I mean, at one point, there's a, <laughs> a car driving itself or a person that kind of... Did you see the point of the video where the character takes a person out of the car and the person kind of stays on the ground and becomes... A mix of a human being and some 
car parts. It looks like the what happened was the animation failed and the person like <laughs> folded over into themselves, <laughs> and and the guy says it like it looks like it turned into some luggage, which is exactly what it looked like. It's an amazing video. Go check it out on YouTube. In fact, I think this guy on YouTube has quite a few subscribers, and it's not new to these funny videos. And of course, I need to mention while we're on the topic of uh, clones and ripoffs, there 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 was a a link on YouTube, a video on YouTube of a fake Uncharted game. I think it was called Unearthed, or it's like an Arabic ripoff oh, of Uncharted. That video. And it, and it was so good. It was so damn good. The, the, the YouTube video for Unearthed. The voiceover, the animations, the puzzles, the fights. Go check it out. It's it's a masterpiece. Of, well, uh, the, the best part of all of it, though, is the guy who's watching it. Who is The guy watching just, it. Is, like, it's amazing. just incredible. Oh, man, I'm trying to find it. Was it called Unearthed? Uh, I think it was called Uncharted 4 Exclusive Review, maybe. Hold on. Uncharted for you. I got the link for you in the chat Okay, good man. Good man. Uh, I'll put that in the show notes. If you've never seen this, you have to see this. I might watch it again when we're done today. It's just, it's just superb. (laughs) And the description of the reviewer, let's say, it's it's like it's a look at those animations and look at the character. It's just it yeah. makes me laugh every time because they treat it like they try and treat it like it's really <laughs> uncharted for. Yes, yeah, but in the end, it breaks down and it just it can't stand it anymore. Uh, it's it's a very good it's a very good video. So, Mike, this week on on virtual clones, ripoffs, and video game reviews on YouTube. I Perfect. think we have a solid collection of of, uh, of links. Doesn't get any better than that. So we actually have a mini topic before, we're kind of borrowing this from Connected. We have topic 0.5 before we move to topic one. But do you want to take a break before we begin with the topics? Sounds like a great idea to me. This week's episode is brought to you by Igloo, the internet you'll actually like. With Igloo, you don't have to be stuck at your desk to do your work. You can manage your task list from your laptop during a meeting, share status updates from your phone as you're leaving the client's site, and access the latest version of a file from home. You can even do this in your pajamas, and nobody's going to know. If you've ever looked at your internet and thought, whoever designed this must hate me because this is so horrible to look at, these days are now over. Because Igloo allows allows you to make your internet feel like a place you'll actually want to be. You can change all of the fonts, all of the colors that you like. You can make it, it's completely configurable. So you can make it exactly how people need it. You can set up group spaces with role-based access permissions, with their easy drag and drop widget editor. You can reorganize the whole platform to fit exactly how each of your teams work in your company. They also integrate with services like Box, Google Drive, and Dropbox, all into their one big, easy to secure platform. This means that all of your documents aren't gonna be spread around people's personal accounts, around different apps. You can keep it all within your igloo. That you can even share files with your coworkers for you all to collaborate on with their own document previewing engine, which also features red receipts so you know exactly who has seen the critical information that everybody needs to see. It's time to break away from the internet you hate. Go and sign up for Igloo right now when you can try it out for free with any team of up to 10 people for as long as you want, which is fantastic. Sign up right now at igloosoftware.com slash virtual. Thank you so much to Igloo for supporting this show and Relay FM. So speaking of Uncharted, Mike, 
I downloaded the demo for the Uncharted Nathan Drake collection from the, the PSN yesterday. And um, I told you I'm really excited about finally playing the regular games in the Uncharted series. So I thought, you know, yesterday I had a few hours to spare after publishing my tweet for review on Maxoris. And I thought, well, you know, I could play the demo. So I went ahead, downloaded the demo on my PS4, and I started playing the game. And so it, the demo, the free demo, is a section from Uncharted 2. So the second game came out on PlayStation 3. Let me tell you, I started the game, I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, because, of course, it's a demo. It doesn't explain you anything. It doesn't give you the backstory. Uh, I was basically thrown into a fight in an Indian village. I needed to reach a temple, I don't know why. Uh, there was a girl with me, she had a Br British accent, I don't know who she is, I don't know what she does. Still, we were together, and immediately I could see that it was a PS3 game, remastered for the PS4. Uh, it looks good, and it's totally playable, and I can tell just by looking at the, at the animations and the frame rate, the depth of field, it's clearly a remaster, and it's a, it's a decent one, it seems. Performance was good enough, um, there were some animations and some graphical glitches that kind of uh, betray the nature of a, of a PlayStation 3 game, like when you walk up the stairs or when you run, you can see some uh, glitchy <laughs> transitions in the 3D model of the character. But still, from a visual perspective, it's totally fine. Um, I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, I, I, it, took me, it took me about 10 minutes to figure out the controls. And I died several times because I kept falling from, from the roof. I, 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 was, I was sure that I needed to jump. So Uncharted is a, is a game heavy on the jumps. You need to jump from mm -hmm. uh, roof to roof yep. or maybe from window to window. You need to shoot and jump and run. And But with that, without a, an explanation of the controls, I didn't know what I was doing. So I was sure that I could reach another roof just by jumping. Clearly, that was not the, what I needed to do because I kept on dying. And it's quite amusing that every time you die, uh, and so you fall from from you know from these buildings and there's always the same reaction from the the female character it's like oh no nate every time uh that was quite amusing <laughs> and and also it was kind of weird because you die there's like a second and like the camera zooms out and shows your corpse from a distance and then after a second there's the reaction from the other character so it's like a delayed response uh, it was kind of weird anyway um it took me a while to figure out the controls. I think this will be fine uh, in the in the final game because I can start from the first game and I assume there's going to be some kind of manual or some kind of explanation during the game. So yeah, yeah like was, a, a tutorial type. Yeah, thing. yeah. I guess this was all. This was only a problem for me for the demo, you know, because it it puts you in the middle of things and it's totally normal that you don't know what you're doing. So aside from very minor graphical problems and the fact that I didn't know the controls and that I kept, you know, dying or I got stuck in a, I got stuck in a, in the pavement at some point and I had to restart from a checkpoint. Uh, so I don't know if 
this stuff will be fixed by the final release. If it's not, you know, it's still a minor issue. The game is super fun. Uh, you can... So I played on easy, and I guess I will play on normal uh, for the final game. Uh, you can... There's a lot of weapons. Uh, it's it's like it's like a more actiony and funny The Last of Us, which is not surprising because it's basically you know the same team. It's the same team, right? It's Naughty Dog. Yeah, it's all Naughty Dog. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You can. So you tell should the, like this in theory. Yeah. So I like this because it's a, there's less. I mean, there's no zombies at least in the demo. It's very colorful. <laughs> Very bright, but still the same, still the same mechanics. So you cover, you run, you shoot. There's funny dialogue, and I like that. I like this type of game. It makes me relax. And there's some very cinematic sequences in the demo. You need to take down a helicopter with a with a rocket launcher. That was kind of fun. Um, the, the, the the enemies are kind of dumb when you play on easy. They they kind of they, they come at you even if you're shooting with an AK-47. They just run towards you, which is not a good idea. Uh, so I I don't know if the game will get you know more difficult when you play your normal. I assume so. Which you know I kind of like the challenge, so I think we'll play at least on normal mode. But it looks fine. It is fun. I I already like the character. And I, you know, I'm excited to finally play this game. I don't know how long it'll take me to finish one, two, and three in the series before Uncharted 4 next year, uh, but I will try. I think it comes out next week on the PSN. Oh yeah, the uh, the collection. The collection, yeah. Yeah, I think it does. I think you're right. You you played Uncharted before, right? Yeah, I've played them. I haven't played them a ton, but I have played them. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, they're, they're good. They're, I'm looking forward to the new one. Um, I might check out the collection as well. Uh, yeah, I played a, uh, a friend of mine really loved the multiplayer, so I've played a bunch of that in the past as well. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's it is good. It is very good, and I'm pleased that you enjoyed it because yeah. uh, I'm looking forward to picking up at least the new game, and we'll have a lot to say about that. I'm sure at the time. Yeah. yeah. Now, Mike, I kind of want to switch gears and talk about something that you didn't like this week so tell me what went wrong with tony hawk 5 so i started to get a little bit nervous about tony hawk uh because i mean it came out in america on monday i mean it was coming out here next week i think it was monday it was earlier this week and uh there were i found out there were going to be no review copies there were no review there there were no early reviews i was looking for them and it turns out that they had to wait for reviews. So, you know, that that is always a red flag. Like, why mm-hmm. wouldn't a developer want reviews to be out before the game yeah. goes on sale? Well, usually it's because the game sucks. That's yep. the problem. Then there's starting to like be some glyph, uh, GIFs and stuff of, like, glitches, but that those sort of things happen. Then they announced that there was going to be an 8-gigabyte game update on day one. Which is bigger than the game itself. Bigger than the game itself. Uh, and then some videos started coming out and yeah. Polygon did a video where they just they just ripped into it really badly just, and he's watching it and tried. it just looks atrocious. Uh, the controls are all messed up. Um, the physics are all messed up. The game looks good, I think, still. Like, graphically in some places, but, like, the online stuff is all crazy. 
it's just tons of glitches and you fall through the floor and like there's this gif another gif that was made uh on kotaku where tony hawk like he hits well it wasn't made on kotaku but it was on there like he he hits a a a wall and then just flies like a million feet up into the air yeah like this game is just a disaster and it is very upsetting to me mike i'm so sorry so i cancelled my pre-order oh yeah yeah I don't want this game. It's a disaster. And I saw somebody tweet, Dan Teasdale um, tweeted a link to a PR release, uh, I think earlier this year. Uh, Tony Hawk's Activision contract ends this year. So they rushed this game out so that he would get money. Oh, I see. And that makes me angry and sad because he has put his name gladly on something that sucks. Oh, I understand now. So the game was rushed to yeah. make up for this business contract. Yep, they needed to get the game out. Uh-huh. Oh, man, that's a terrible move, and I'm so sorry. I know how happy... I remember your reaction when they announced the game, how mm-hmm. happy you were. And just... This is more heartbreaking for me than the game itself, knowing how much you were excited about this, Mike. Yep. It's... It's really annoying because why? Why have you? You know, why yeah. do this? Like, why do it? Like, I know the money's there, but you're putting your name against something. <sighs> I don't understand because, I mean, clearly, if you're trying to reach the the kind of fan base that's been with your franchise for many years, you're, you're just gonna upset those people. So are you shooting for unaware customers on the PSN or at the mall, just shopping for video games? What kind of gamer do you hope to reach with this kind of move? That's fascinating from a business perspective to understand these big companies. They end up with a terrible game associated with a, with a pretty strong brand and what they believe is the, the right thing to do. They don't send out review, uh, advanced review units to the press because they know that the game sucks, basically. But they still release the game, they promise updates, and they, you know, there's Twitter going crazy with the YouTube videos, with the GIFs, with all these glitches and, and problems. They send out a PR statement saying that they are aware of the problems and they're working on a software update. It's like the boilerplate text that they always mm-hmm. use. Um, what exactly are they hoping to do? The game, from from a media perspective, the game is ruined at this point because the the, the review the reviews just destroyed this game's launch. If you so, know it's this bad, do what Nintendo did: delay it. If you think you can fix these yeah. problems, if you're saying you can fix them, don't release it. But they can't delay it because of the business deal. But they can, yeah, but they're still going to continue working on it. If, you know, do you know what I mean? Like it's, oh, I know, I know. I don't know, Mike. <sighs> you know, big corporation. My main problem with this is Tony Hawk's has been going like the Tony Hawk franchise has been going wonky over the last few years, and when they started messing around with it, they started giving it new names, right? So like Tony Hawk Underground or whatever they were calling it. But they decided to go back to the franchise, the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater franchise, like that has a great lineage. Like the, those four Tony Hawk, uh, Tony Hawk Pro Skater games are all fantastic. 
they decided to go back with this. Like something that is fundamentally broken. It's, yeah. it's just annoying. It's annoying and upsetting. Because it's, you know, you, you're, you were trying to sucker people in by giving them the nostalgia factor when what you were doing was creating something that just sucks. Yes. It's effectively a legal scam. Yeah, I think I'm really pleased that this came out in America a few days before now. Oh yeah, because then I've got oh, yeah. the chance to cancel my. Thank pre-order. you, thank you, Americans, yeah. for <laughs> testing this out for us. One of the only times where I'm happy that this kind of thing happens. Yeah. Yes, uh, I agree. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Mike. You know, know. know, someone will eventually make a good skate, skate, skateboarding game for the PlayStation Four or the Xbox One. I'm sure there will be there will be one, Mike. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. Don't worry. You will be able to skate uh, from your living room eventually. <laughs> Mike, someone I w- will save me. <laughs> I hope so. I want to talk about Sony and the PS Vita next. And some okay. comments that came out uh, from EGX 2015 early this week. Um, Sony head Oncho Shuhei Yoshida uh, said that the climate is not healthy for a PS Vita 2 given the circumstances of mobile gaming. This is interesting to me. Um, I understand where Yoshida is coming from. Is he wrong? I don't know, man. So I look at these from two perspectives. It's undeniable that mobile gaming is a problem for portable consoles like the 3DS and the PS Vita. A lot of people, uh, when they want to play games in a mobile-slash-portable scenario, they use smartphones and tablets for that. It's undeniable that the the, the simplicity of using the App Store and the Google Play Store and multi-touch, cheap or, you know, no prices at all, and a huge selection of games and built-in parental controls on these smart devices, they are a problem for portable consoles. But Nintendo was in the same situation a couple of years after the launch of the 3DS, and instead of pulling out of the market or just starting to completely ignore the PS Vita like Sony did, they doubled down on the console, they released a string of fantastic games, and they still managed to sell 50 million units of the 3DS, which is less than, you know, the original Nintendo DS, which was a massive phenomenon. But that was before, you know, the iPhone and, and, and the iPad. Still, 50 million, 50 million units is a good result. And it's keeping Nintendo effectively afloat as the Wii U, you know, the performance is not good. Uh, Sony instead never quite believed in the PS Vita. So I remember they unveiled the Vita with this big promise of a console-class portable device. And instead, they, for the first period of, of, you know, of the Vita life, they released spin-offs from console games. So the Uncharted game was a spin-off, the Killzone game was a spin-off. It was never quite the console-like experience. And they they did this crazy wrong move with the memory cards and the prices of the, the insane prices of the memory cards. Yeah, because the they, they weren't proprietary, didn't they? They were proprietary cards instead of, you know, the standard SD cards, and they were super expensive, which, you know, 
that can be a problem. If you, if you plan on having people buy lots of games for your new console, you need to make the storage, you know, affordable. They, they didn't leverage the, the good catalog of PS1, PS2, and PSP games that they, they could have put it to the PS Vita. They just, you know, Nint even Nintendo sort of understands the potential for, of old games in a new console with a virtual console. There, there are many problems with Nintendo's approach, but still they do something. Sony, especially for PS2 games, which is a huge treasure trove of games, they just basically did nothing. And for the past two years, oh, they kind of wanted to pivot the PS Vita into some kind of PS4 accessory, you know, with the remote play. They kind of wanted to copy the smart glass of the Xbox and the gamepad of the Wii U. But the performance was never great. And, you know, support for, for games was not, a, uh, you know, consistent. And basically no one uses the PS Vita as a remote controller. By no one, I mean a very small percentage of people, because I'm sure that we will get follow-up from listeners saying, I love my PS Vita as a remote control, and I also love it, but, you know, we're in the minority here. And for the past two years, they basically pretended that the Vita didn't exist. So at E3, uh, the Tokyo Game Show, each keynote, there was no mention of, of the PS Vita, no logo, no games. I'm pretty sure that at one of the E3s, we got two seconds of footage from a Vita game in a montage of trailers, but without an actual mention of the PS Vita. Mm -hmm. So now Yoshida says, oh yeah, the climate is not healthy. Well, sure, mobile games are popular and smartphones and tablets are popular, but I'm pretty sure that you also contributed to this climate, you know? You you dig your own grave. Effectively I mean, the 3DS here. is doing well though right it's it's not doing as good as the as the, DS. as the ds but it's doing decently well you know it's 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 going 50 million sales of uh, units it's it's good enough for nintendo you know mm. it's still 50 million people or more playing on a dedicated console and most of all there's lots of great games you know you, and Nintendo keeps on, maybe not in the past few months because they're moving to the next generation, but you can look at the 3DS. I mean, Super Smash, Super Mario, uh, the, the, a bunch of Zelda games, uh, no Metroid, but still Fire Emblem. You know, there's such a huge collection of games. Can you say the same on the Vita? I mean, the Vita is a great machine for weird Japanese games and indie developers. So at one point it seemed like the Vita could be the savior of indie developers who wanted to release games on a portable device without going to the App Store or to the Google Play Store. And that's still the case. If you like indie games, you can go to the PSN on the Vita and you can download some fantastic games from indie developers. But that's not what sells consoles, you know? That's not what convinces a parent to buy a PS Vita. They don't care about the latest game from an indie developer. And that, that that's not... You know, those people are wrong. It's just how the market works. People want, want popular games. And I, I kind of... I understand one portion, one, one part of what Yoshida is trying to say, but Sony 
could and should have done more with the PS Vita. They're, instead, they're blaming it on the climate of mobile gaming. That's not really the issue because, you know, I, I wonder if the, the basic problem is that Nintendo is more differentiated than Sony. Nintendo can do a lot of first-party games because they have a lot of first-party titles and characters and brands that they can use. And effectively, they can put the money where the mouth is, you know, Nintendo, because they, they, are, they have this huge catalog of games that they can port to a, a dedicated console. Sony has some first-party or second-party you know, second companies working with them, but it's not like Nintendo. And... If I would argue that you buy a 3DS because you want to play Nintendo games. Mm-hmm. You don't buy a PS Vita because you want to play Sony games. And that's I believe that's the main issue. What do you think, Mike? I think no matter what the reasoning is, uh, the situation is now that a dedicated... A handheld console is kind of a silly move, I think, for Sony to to come out with a new yeah. Vita. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think that that would be that wouldn't be the the best thing for them to do. I think it still makes a ton of sense for Nintendo to continue down this route. Um, but Sony has the PlayStation, which is a great success. Uh, the Vita is not going to be a great success if they want handheld success. They may as well just make. Uh, iOS and Android games uh, like the Sony uh, studios rather than attempting to make their own console. I don't think that this should be as much as I love the Vita as a platform I don't think that it should be high up uh, in Sony's uh, priority list from a business perspective. If they just want to make it because it adds to the ecosystem or whatever then go for it but I wouldn't put a ton of effort into it. I agree. I'm just bothered by the trying to have this revisionist approach, you know? Trying to say, yeah, by the way, the problem is that mobile games, you know? When instead, you did effectively nothing to help your console for the past years. Because the Vita began uh, in a world where it wasn't this bad for them. Yeah, uh, and they they created a platform which is great, but has some some big flaws that they didn't really do a lot to to address or help with. That's that's the real issue that that they find themselves in now, is they kind of put themselves there. I think. Yeah, that's it. I agree. So that's from that's from EGX 2015. I remember you went to EGX last year, Mike. I did go to EGX last year. Yeah, I was considering doing it again, but um, uh-huh. it was a it was a really long day out, mm. um, and I enjoyed I it. But I, I I don't know if I wanted to do it again this year. Cool, cool. So before we move to to the next topic, the final the final topic actually is just before we do, do actually, I want to ask you: Are you sad about this? Said uh, about, about the Vita. The... Yeah, it is a great console. I love the Vita, um, and I, I'm still, you know, I have a I have a thing for portable consoles. Yeah. In my in my adult life, actually throughout my entire life, I've played more on portable consoles than home consoles. That's always been the case for me, simply because I love portable devices. You can see this on Mac stories, you can see this in my gaming preferences. I don't like the idea of being stuck 
to an object that is tied to a wall or to a desk. That's just how I work. I, 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 I love the idea of knowing that I'm free and that I can consume my games or work from anywhere. So I, I'm sad whenever, you know, a portable console doesn't work out. And I'm especially sad of, you know, because I don't think that Sony will ever do another PS Vita. And that is, that's especially sad for me because the PSP, the PS Vita played such a huge role in getting me interested in technology, especially the PSP. Uh, with the with the homebrew scene, with the with all the hacks and and all the the things that you could customize, uh, that's what got me into tech blogs, uh, what got me into RSS, and what eventually I believe kind of formed my interest for technology as more than you know what you see on TV, because I could you know I wanted to kind of be a hacker you know with the PSV, I wanted to modify the system stuff, and so the fact that there's there's not probably gonna be another PlayStation Portable. It kind of makes me sad. Yeah, I am sad, Mike. I think I would be sadder if it was Nintendo. Yeah, for sure. Because the Game Boy and the DS, such a huge role in my life. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I am, I would say, 70% sad about this. I appreciate the percentages. If, if you want to quantify this, it's 70%. This episode of Virtual is also brought to you by Squarespace. You can start building your website today at squarespace.com and enter the offer code insert coin at checkout and you will get yourself a lovely 10% off Squarespace. Build it beautiful. With Squarespace, you're able to build a site that looks professionally designed regardless of your skill level, no coding knowledge required. With their intuitive and easy to use tools, you can make your website look and feel exactly how you want. Their site templates are stunning to look at. They all feature responsive design to make your site look great on all sizes of device. And Squarespace will power your website with state-of-the-art technology. They ensure security and stability at all times, and they are trusted by millions of people around the world for this. They have 24-7 support with live chat and email. They have their commerce platform, which allows you to sell things on your Squarespace site. They have their dev platform, which if you want to, you can tinker under the hood and take Squarespace further than ever before, if that's the type of stuff that you're interested in. They also have their rock-solid fast hosting Squarespace sites. They stay up, right? If you could get linked to by somebody popular it's not going to take your website down and that's really really awesome squarespace will also give you a free domain name if you sign up for a year and their plans start at just eight dollars a month but you can sign up for a free trial with no credit card needed and start building your own website today by just going to squarespace.com and when you decide to turn it into a paid plan and sign up for full you want to use the code insert coin at checkout that will get you 10 percent off your first purchase and show your support for virtual thank you so much to squarespace for helping out today squarespace Space, build it beautiful. So, Mike, I'm obsessed with this new game. All it's right. called Shooty Skies. Yep, I saw and this and initially thought it was a Crossy Road ripoff. Yeah, me too, because of the name, you know? Yep. <laughs> Instead, it is from the same people who made Crossy Road, so from two thirds of Hipster Whale and two other Australian developers from yeah, Mighty Games. They've created like a new uh, thing, but it's, it's partly made by the people that made Crossy Road. Yeah. So, and it doesn't try to hide the fact that it's a, it's a, it's a game of the Crossroad series, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, the graphics, the style. The elements, uh, the way the game is actually created and the way it's played with the coins and the collection of... Uh, the freemium mechanism, it's basically yeah. the same. Yep. 
But instead of crossing the road, you shoot stuff. And mm -hmm. you do so by being a, ca a character at the bottom of the screen. You And the control requires one finger. So you hold down the finger on the screen to keep shooting. And you also swipe to move and to avoid enemies, to avoid creatures, uh, bullets, groups of enemies, whatever may kill you. And it's super cute. It's crazy. It's it's a, an hysterical game. It's difficult uh, the, too. It, it is also difficult because when you so you play in levels, and each level requires you to fill uh, what do you call it like a like a, a bar like a progress bar until yeah. you get to the levels boss, which is a bigger you know bigger creature that you need to defeat. And so there's multiple waves of enemies coming at you. Uh, there's different creatures. They shoot very peculiar things uh, uh for instance there's a there's a television screen shooting remote control buttons it's a you. youtube video of a cat right it's a youtube video of a cat that shoots and they controls. have phones they have like animals it's all kinds of crazy my my favorite is one of the uh, one of the bosses is a is a you know an american eagle yeah, that yells that freedom and sh and throws dollar bills at you. <laughs> so, because I imagine these Australian people trying to come up with the perfect American stereotype, which is of course an American eagle yelling freedom, freedom. and throwing dollar bills, and it's wearing uh, like an Abe Lincoln hat. Oh yeah, also that. Um, I'm pretty sure that's also. Uh, one of the one of the, the 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 stage bosses is a crossy road boss. What do they call it? There's like uh, one of the animals of crossy road is also yeah. a boss in this game, and it shoots cars at you. Oh yeah, it shoots cars. That's true. Uh, so the game is weird and genius at the and same crazy. time. Crazy. It's crazy. It's super fun for me to play, and I don't know what kind of gets me more than crossy road. I think it's the action component because crossy road it can be a, a more relax game it's more of a yep. game of reflex alone and, and timing and, and you can play time. slow this one is an action game i love action games i love old style shooter games but it's also mixed with the crazy characters the graphics and the style that i love from hipster well and this freemium flow and mechanism it's just it's so well done because no the way wonder. it works, the way one of the ways it's working here is obviously you need coins and you can yeah. collect the coins in the game, or you can watch ads and stuff like that to collect the coins. And with the coins, you can play for continues. So if you uh, if you die, you can play uh, use coins for a continue or watch an ad to to continue. Or you can use the coins to buy characters and also use the coins to buy um, weapons. And the weapons only unlock for periods of time which is really great so yeah. like you you unlock the uh, a gun that shoots four times the bullets for 2 hours it works great it's like it's the kind of freemium game that it doesn't make me regret having to play a freemium game you know mm -hmm. it, i mean because you can ignore easily yeah. all of the stuff like you don't have to pay for anything and you don't have to watch any ads you can just play and earn coins and it's easy enough to earn the coins because there's lots of coins in every level yeah and it you know it could be like the way that it's presented to the user like the the, the graphics to unlock items i don't know it's just 
very well done and i can't stop playing i've been playing all night uh again this kind of shows again my kind of highlights one of my problems for this type of arcade games which is high scores and you i, I was looking at twitter yesterday and I already yeah. saw that you have a higher score than mine. I have a 600 and, high score. Okay, so see, whenever I play these games, I need to use filters in my Twitter and RSS clients I, I, everywhere, basically, because I'm just going to feel bad. That's one <laughs> of the re recurring topics of virtual. I see the high score from other people. I feel bad because I sort of second guess my skills. And I'm like, do I really enjoy this game now? Now that I know that I'm not as good as other people? And that's probably, uh, that's, I don't want to get into psychology territory here uh, about my fear of being inferior to other, to other people. Uh, but, you know, it's a game. I kind of don't want to talk about this. Still, I wish there was like a, like a hide high scores everywhere uh, filter for iOS or for games. I just don't want to see them, you know. I just start to, to think about this stuff a lot. That's what I do, Mike. It's what, you know, becomes a problem for me. High scores and, you know, people in general and people with high scores combined. It's even worse. Um, still, Mike, fantastic game. I yeah. really, really like it. I like um, it. There's other two, two other games that I played this week okay. on iOS. The first one is called Auctioneer. It's a, it's a game about auctions, you know, winning okay. stuff. And it's fun because uh, it's very clever, actually. So you have these 2D graphics. Uh, you are at an auction for different uh, artistic objects every time. Um, and in the crowd of people, each person makes, an, uh, like, what do you call it? An offer? A bid. Uh, a bid, yes. And you have a progress bar at the top. And you have just a few seconds of multiple bits displayed with numbers at the bottom. You need to tap the highest. What's genius about this game is that the time limit, combined with the voiceover of the auctioneer, I guess it's called, mm -hmm. the person who holds the, the entire process, mm -hmm. you know, he goes like, okay, that's how you suffer. What a, like, there's a very frantic voiceover. Kind of, if you play with audio, it kind of puts you, you know, in in the kind of oh my god, I need to I need to pick fast here. I need to be fast. And what's the highest number? And the more you go in the game, the 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 harder it becomes to pick the highest number, because they start using numbers such as a hundred and twenty-seven next to I don't know a hundred and thirty-two. And oh, when right, you, okay. and and it you need to be really careful in looking at glancing at all these different numbers and tapping the correct one, and the more you go, the higher the number the numbers get, and the more they get closer to each other. So you need to think about each each number and what's higher, and it's very fun combined with the audio, with the music, and with the graphics. Very fun game. Uh, I recommend it. I just found it on the App Store. It was in one of Apple's feature sections. Very fun. Um, the other one, it's a split. It's the new puzzle game by Simogo. I played this and, it, and I don't understand it. It's very difficult to understand. So, but there's something about this game that kind of gets me. Uh, it's a puzzle game. You need to you need to split the 
blocks. You need to split blocks either horizontally or vertically. And there's a few rules to consider when you split blocks. For instance, uh, the game alternates between horizontal and vertical split. So you cannot do multiple, multiple horizontal splits in a row. You just move from horizontal to vertical all the time. And a block can become too small to be split. So it stays, it stays in the kind of orientation that you split it. And when multiple split blocks are next to each other, they become point blocks. This is quite difficult to explain. Um, and you need to make sure, basically, that you don't get stuck with multiple point blocks, which cannot be split, which cannot be touched, and to leave a section of the stage free so you can continue to split. And the more you split, the more the point blocks basically disappear and more blocks fall from the sky or whatever's up, you know, whatever's in the upper portion of the level. And you can keep splitting and accumulating points. And it's a very difficult game to explain and to play. But once you kind of get the hang of it, it involves uh, counting your, your how many times you can split. It involves basic geometric skills to understand where a block may fall onto and the kind of shape and arrangement of blocks that you may end up with. It's super odd and minimal and difficult to play. I recommend checking out some of the reviews and videos before you buy this game. It's very minimal, like there's nothing else. It's just splitting blocks, understanding the difference between regular blocks and point blocks, and the process of transforming point blocks into points. It's very peculiar, but still I spent two hours yesterday playing this game. I don't know why, I, I, I suck at this game, but I'm intrigued, you know? And so check it out, it's called Split by Simogo. They make fantastic games for iOS, but I recommend reading the reviews and checking out some of the Let's Play videos on YouTube because it kind of gives you a, a better idea of what we're talking about here. Yeah, I still don't understand it. Yeah, there's I a tried, tutorial I tried in it. the game. I tried it, I played the tutorial, I tried it, and I couldn't really work out what I was supposed <laughs> to be doing. And I didn't know if I was doing it correctly. Yeah, there's a it's it's a very peculiar game. Yep. So Mike, that's what I've been playing this week. Awesome. I yeah. haven't got anything extra. Cool. Sorry. Yeah, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that about wraps up this week. If you want to find our show notes, we said it earlier, but you can go to relay.fm slash virtual slash 53, or they should be in your podcast app of choice, I would hope. Um, if you want to find us online, Federico is at Vitici, V-I-T-I-C-C-I, and I am iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Uh, if you want to find Federico's work online, you can go to maxstories.net, and I want to take a moment to thank our sponsors again, Squarespace and Igloo. Thank you so much for helping us out today. We'll be back next time. Thank you for listening. Until then, say goodbye, Federico. Arrivederci.